is this? Wait, what is this? A lot of pressure on me, but you don't know me. Man, I asked for this, and so I laugh at this. It's the fourth quarter, how to come back from this. But I love this game, you gon' know the name. It's also on Sports Facts, let's play to play. So Hello, everybody. Live from Koreatown, it is the Ozone with a lot of action. Oh, and feeling triumphant because one of us went four for four on his picks. And one of us did not. If you remember last week, ladies and gentlemen, I told you what was going to happen at the U.S. Open, minus uh, some drama. But I, I told you what was going to happen. I feel very good about it. I also told you what was going to happen in the fight. My brother, the Icons, is here, and he had his own predictions. He needed to be convinced that Showtime Sean Porter was going to win the fight. And were you convinced? He convinced me when we spoke with him. That's what I'm saying. Hey, I was convinced. I was convinced before we spoke on it. I didn't. It was a tough, tough, just like the fight. It was tough. Tough fight. Tough choice, tough fight. You know what? But Sean had a game plan. He went out there and executed it. And, you know, that's what it's all about. He went out there. He executed his plan just like he told us he would. He was slick. And then when he got his ring rust off, he went back to the old Sean Porter, which was aggressive and overtly athletic. We got that. Uh, I think do it for the tipper wants to call in because he's disgraced. I think he went uh, uh, four for six on his picks. He feels a little bad, so anybody lost money messing around with do it for the tipper, hit him straight on his Instagram or his Twitter. Um, and Major League Baseball is heating up, guys. We're almost to October. It literally is my favorite time of the year for right. multiple reasons. It's almost there. And this is what I told you that that Boston would put. I mean, that uh, Houston okay. Astros yeah, would put yeah, them yeah, back in their hold, place. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> then we have, uh, then we had the NFL kicked off, and I have to say, I was much more excited about the NFL than I expected to be. And it was a great weekend of football. Man, it was a solid weekend of football. But let's start at what I feel is the top. This weekend. You know, going in for the last pod, I told you guys what was going to happen. I told you guys that Osaka was going to beat Keys. She would meet up with Serena, and then she would beat Serena. I told you that Del Potro was going to beat Nadal, and then I told you that Djokovic was going to beat him. All of these things came to pass. You could have made a hell of a lot of money on a parlay card. But, uh, you know, we had a lot of drama out in Queens at the U.S. Open, and it all centered around the match with Serena Williams and Naomi Osaka. Now, me myself, I've watched social media since the since the whole uh, debacle happened, and it's interesting to me that once again the country is divided. It seems like the country is divided by men and women and white and black. There's a lot of uh, false narratives that are being played out, and what we need to lay out for anybody who's the casual tennis fan, because I think this is where this rests the most. That's a trap. It's a trap. With the with the casual tennis fan because people are running around popping off talking about how Serena got robbed and this that and the other no and that I don't I think they're speaking with forked tongue she didn't get so robbed. far from the truth she was being dominated yeah she didn't get robbed by any means she was just not the best tennis player uh, on Saturday and that in my opinion that has a lot to do with what came after that. Now uh, how to unpack this whole thing is really interesting in case you don't know. That her coach was coaching from the box, something that all the coaches do. But it's illegal. But it is illegal. And then what ended up happening was the chair umpire gave a violation for him coaching, whether or not she saw it. Now, this is where – this is interesting because I believe that she saw it because she said, he was just giving me a thumbs up. I saw that. I heard her so say that. If you say that, that means that you saw whatever he was doing. You saw that, which he came out and said later on that he was sending – 
<laughs> signals. Yeah, but it, it, you know what? The thing is, is that whether she interpreted it as an as a as a thumbs up or as come to the net, which is what he was telling her. Either way it goes, it was a violation. It was illegal. Then they had a friendly dialogue, more or less, about how it was a mistake and how she could see how you could think it was a mistake. But immediately she took it as an attack on her integrity, which I thought was very interesting because that's not what the Carlos Ramos, the, the judge, that's not what he said. I think that that's what she was selling. I don't believe that. Well, I'm going to tell you this. Then, then just fast forward for everybody. We'll get through this quickly, this portion. So, so then she actually lost the first set six to two. This happened in the second set when she was playing better. The score was, uh, I think two to one when this happened, at which point, um, the violation happened. Serena's still up. She then breaks Naomi Osaka, the first time she had been broken in forever and ever. Well, then she gave that break right back. So the game was now 3-3, and she smashes her racket because she's upset, which was a clear violation. Okay, that's the violation. It is what it is. This then, because it was a second violation, resulted in a docking of a point. She lost it at that point. She was incredulous. She went over to the booth. Oh, you are you kidding me? No, this is wrong. This is wrong. She knows the rules. She knows the rules. But to me, this is the interesting part. She went on to, I believe, win that game on her uh, – she went on to, to get that point back and win that game. And in between the 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 crossover, when the players changed sides, this is what she said to the ref, and this is when things went completely bonkers. There's something that's wrong. It's wrong. You attacked my character. Yes, you are. You owe me an apology. You will never, ever, ever be on another point of mine as long as you live. the blame when it's the person in the right. player box who is actually accused of, of something. Yeah, it, Serena was watching her coach give her a hand signal. Oh my goodness, this is very unfortunate. asking for the referee. Osaka was ready to serve at 4-3. It was hard to hear over the crowd, but Carlos Ramos said game penalty. We said that the third code violation would lead to that. Correct. And now Brian Early in his 39th year of working with the U.S. Open, his last year as a referee, is involved in something incredibly ugly. Kelso's in conversation with Serena, who's near tears now. This is not fair. This is not fair. But 
All right. The perpetual loop. <laughs> it's a, it, you know, this is what's really interesting. In, let's just get this off the top. Serena Williams is the greatest female tennis player to ever lace him up. That's, that's off the top. Her record is impeccable. But when she has problems, when she can't beat someone, there seems to be a problem. And she's trying to get the get out of jail free card. Here's my issue. There's a couple things. There's a lot to unpack with this and my take on it from watching a lot of tennis my whole life and also from being a professional actor. This is my take. Naomi Osaka and Serena Williams could play 50 times and Naomi Osaka will beat Serena Williams 50 times. And this is just where they are right now. Right. Where Serena is right now in her career, where Osaka is in her career. Evolution. It is what it is. And she was looking for a way out. And she needled and needled and needled the ref, the, the chair ump. She needled him. Trying to get him to give her the out. Now listen, she's right about that. Men do say worse. And I'm not even, I'm not, I don't even want to talk about and unpack the sexist version of it. For one, this guy has a history of giving men and women violations. And for, for two, why don't we talk about, they know who's going to, ref or ump the games before they come out the matches before they come out right and when you look at this situation from a performance perspective i'm an actor i'm telling you guys something something that we use in acting are called tactics she started one way she tried to bully him into giving her an apology which was amazing to me that the player is i say it Say it. Give me the apology. I already told you to apologize. What about her telling him that he won't ever, you know? I mean, she she threatened that. Do his match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that this this is all this all comes along with the superstar behavior. And I'm even even though I don't I'm not down with it. This is consistent with superstars across sports. This is why every now and then you get a superstar who isn't like that, and it's unreal. Right. You know, you get a, a superstar that's mellow. Like LeBron James? Like a LeBron James, or even like a Shaquille O'Neal, who could have complained every single play. Right. You know, and it's 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 rare. You get a guy like a Derek Jeter, where you're like, wow, this guy's a superstar, but he actually seems like he would be cool. Right. You know, and you don't usually get that. You usually get guys like a Kobe Bryant that are superstars, but also you say, damn, I guess you kind of have to be a jerk, and that's part of being a superstar. Right. Michael Jordan, everybody says he's a jerk, so I guess that's part of being a superstar. Um, In this situation... She changes her tactic from bullying the man after he takes the point, I mean, before he takes the after he takes the point, but before he takes a game, to then in turn grabbing the referee out the back and crying to them, literally crying to them about how it's not fair and X, Y, and Z. All right, then there's another piece to unpack here, which I haven't heard anybody speak about. I personally believe Osaka threw the next game, 
and sympathy game. And, and she gave her a game, a pity game. She gave her a game, not even a pity game. She gave her a respect game. See, I don't, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's pity. I don't think it's sympathy. It's respect because she. It seems as though she's an extremely respectful young lady mm-hmm. that comes from a culture of respect and deference. And she, I feel like she made sure that the game got squared up after that. That game, and then she so she can say, okay, now we're back at square one because, like you said, and nobody else is talking about. She called the champ out. Yes, she literally called her out. She said that she wanted her after she beat Madison Keys in the semis. They asked her how she could keep her composure. She said, "Because I want to play Serena." (laughs) Now, if this was another sport, this would be the equivalent of a boxer calling a boxer out and then knocking him out. This would be a hitter saying, "I want to face Chris Sale." And then going deep off of them twice in the game. This is super, this is a key element in my opinion because I actually think this whole thing was performance and it was ego based. And then she decided to make it about something different than what it was actually about. Well, this is like and I now t- the culture has followed her right down this rabbit hole and there's a bunch more division. But this is what I was telling you about. It's, uh, it reminds you a lot of when Mike Tyson bit off of Vander Holyfield's ear. Preach. And then he was trying to find a way out of that fight. Because he knew he wasn't going to win Because he knew he wasn't going to win that second fight. And then the narrative also was that he cut my eye. I got to go home to my kids. Yes. <laughs> Come on, man. You're a boxer. Sometimes you might spend a couple of days in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. so you can't just jump down. And with society, going down this rabbit hole is sick because she also brought up, you know, her daughter. Yes. Which is not cool because, okay, are you teaching your daughter how to throw ten- temper tantrums or breaking your racket in the middle of the court? Well, now they're saying you're sexist. Yeah. Because you're calling it a temper tantrum. But that's what but she was a, doing. But it's a temper tantrum. And I'll say this. It's a temper tantrum whether or not uh, no, Djokovic, Nadal, anybody else, McEnroe, whoever. Yeah. McEnroe was was notorious for, for for throwing tantrums. But this is this is exactly what children do when they don't get their way. They throw things, they break things, they yell, they scream, they cry. It's not anything to do with sexism. It's about a chi- acting like a child. She needs. She shouldn't have took away Osaka's win. She should. And she didn't take is, it away. And she tainted it. That's the last thing that I wanted to say. She because, tainted that dub. Naomi Osaka, the first Japanese player to win a Grand Slam. Japanese Haitian. Japanese Haitian, but but the first. And I would imagine. I don't know if there's another Haitian champion, but the first Japanese Haitian person to win a Grand Slam title, male or female. And she took that moment from her because then when they got the only thing she didn't take was that big fat three point eight million dollar check. Yeah, and when. And this is this is why I go back to performance because when they got on stage afterwards to receive the championship trophy and the runner-up trophy, the boos were cascading down, and who got to come to the rescue? Serena. Serena Williams got to come to the rescue and say, "Okay, guys, that's enough with the boos. We'll get through this. No, yeah. you get through this. You get over this. Go to your rooms. Go stand in the corner. She needed that. Well, that's that's a bit much. That's that's that stuff that makes people feel like it's a sexist talk." <laughs> Why is that sexist? Because that's what you do to children. You you send them to their room and you tell them to go stand in the corner or something. You give them a timeout. She needed a timeout because she had taken this girl's moment. She took her moment. Right now, everybody's talking about Serena Williams all over the world. Nobody's talking about Naomi Osaka. And uh, this, dominating her. This, d- dominating her and this extreme breakthrough. Last year, we watched Sloane Stevens breakthrough and win the U.S. Open, and she became the belle of the ball all over the world, all over magazine covers. She got her bread. She, this is this is her moment. Right. And and uh, it's it's... It's terrible. I feel like it's terrible that she got cheated. Naomi Osaka got cheated out of this. Now, if Serena Williams felt like it was a sexist move, which I'm not even necessarily disputing that it was sexist. I don't think it was sexist, but that's not the point I want to cover. If she thought that, 
it would have been so powerful for her to write a letter or shoot a selfie video or whatever it is she wanted to from the locker room or right afterwards, it would have been more powerful to make that a point there. Nike might have even made a commercial out of it right? in comparison to throwing what she decided to, to make it the spectacle of what she decided to make that all about. It was ugly. It became really ugly. And it's still ugly. And it's still ugly. Because I still haven't seen uh, Naomi Osaka on the morning shows, on this, on that. Even though I'm sure she's done them. She deserves anywhere near. But she deserves an apology from Serena. She actually deserves an apology from Serena. Serena needs to come out and say, you know what? I was out of line and this was inappropriate. This wasn't the right time or place. That's it. And that's it. And keep it pushing. It's, you know, talking about we're going to get over this. Forget about getting over this. Why don't you give her her props? Let Tell everybody that she beat me and I couldn't. She was the better player that day. See, that's the thing. Everybody and their mom, including Serena, and you understand this from the ego of a champion are all holding out with the idea that, well, she was about to come back. You could see she was playing better in the second set. Yeah, whatever. She wasn't going to beat that girl. And not only that, was listening. you know what? This is all a microcosm of society now because sure nobody can actually take responsibility for anything. I lost. So if I lost. Yeah, they got me. Yeah, they got me. I want to run it back. I didn't say I didn't want to run it yeah, back. I want to run it back. But I have to accept that she beat me, and she was beating me. Soundly. Yes. And it wasn't even in question. And anybody who else is out there talking about, oh, well, she would have come back. That's not. That's no. And and that's why I say it affects the casual fan in so many ways, because when they took the, the point, if you read the papers and whatnot, and if you listen to the way that, that Serena uh, positioned it, it's as though they took a set from her. Yeah, and as an athlete, you have to recognize when she kept going on and on and on. She was on. looking for a way out. Yeah, she was looking 100% for 100% she quit. She, 100% she, she quit. recognized that she wasn't going to win. Exactly. And you recognize that. And she and people, the casual viewer would just say, wow, she's really upset. Well, she's got a reason to be pissed. No, she actually doesn't. She's not focusing on the task at hand at that point. Now she's focusing on the, the ref or the ump. And instead of focusing on the actual game that she has to play. Right, which, which is the goal right now, right? And what was amazing was that uh, Naomi Osaka was able to stay focused throughout all that. And I just felt like it was disrespectful as well as when they at the at the end of the match where she walked by her and bumped her and instead of you know after they hugged and whatever she walked by and bumped Naomi Osaka. I didn't even see that. Yeah, instead of just you know just stepping back a little bit, getting letting her shake the you know sh- shake your man's hand and step back and. But she was still focusing on that guy. And oh, I, I did see that. And, and because she went to shake his hand, yeah, the umpire's hand. And then, yeah. uh-huh. now I'll, I'll say this: um, on the flip side, nobody pays to see referees and and umpires in any sport. And I, for one, am super sensitive to bad officiating. I am could, too. Could he have handled it in a different way? Yes, he could have. But tell me and how was he required to handle it in a different way? No. Actually, and that's why that's why the WTA came out and fined uh, Serena Williams and actually released a statement standing by. They should have because the rules are the rules. You got caught. If I get caught doing something, I I can't say, hey, oh, they got me too. They got you too. Come on, man. Let's go. (laughs) But that's the thing. So what what the way that he could have handled it differently, he could have given her a warning instead of a violation. Now, and that's that was com- that's completely up to his discretion. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, and I've listened to and spoken to a lot of people who are saying that he injected himself into the situation by not taking a more delicate approach to protecting superstars. And in every sport, superstars are protected. You won't see 
LeBron James and Steph Curry get kicked out of a game in the finals. It's just not going to happen. They could spit on the ref. They could do just about everything. We've watched Jordan do it. You know, see Michael Jordan just straight up cuss people out <laughs> and, 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 you know, cuss the ref out. John Elway was, yeah. used to go crazy on the yeah. officials. And the only sport that actually seems like they don't play like that is baseball because baseball will kick you out. They don't care. Right. What game it is? It's not my problem. You want to sit and argue balls and strikes? And Trader Joe West got a place for you to go. He got a place for you to go, and he will have a job next season. Yes, <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately. <laughs> but but in that, I think he could have handled it better. But she most certainly could have handled it better. I really don't think so because what he's doing with sticking to his character, he's shown a pattern of calling it like this, and they knew when they went out there and played that that match that it was. He was that type of guy. So what you when you play baseball or you play basketball, if you know the ref, you know how they call the games. Yes. And you know as an athlete how much you can get away with and how much you can't get away with. And that's why you watch all the highlights and watch athletes in football, basketball, baseball, whatever, speaking to the refs, trying to soften them up, getting on their good side yep. or whatever. You don't go and you're not going to, you know, you're not going to get a, a, a better call by cussing up the ref or the ump or anybody out. You know, you're, you're bringing down hell on yourself. And now tell me this though. Do you think her prior behavior played into it? I don't think so. I just you think, don't think so. You I don't think I just think that this guy's at the U.S. Open. She's had problems before where she actually ended a match, lost a game because she threatened to shove a ball down a, a line official's throat and said basically threatened her life. No, I know, but no, I don't think so. I just okay. think that this guy is the the guy who goes by the book and he does not accept that. And she should have known that when she went into that match. And then when she went into that match, and your man's over there throwing signs, which he's already admitted that he did, right? They should have known that when he busted him, that it was it was lights out. He's not playing games, and and if so, take that. Wear it. If you have a bat at bat, you take the bat at bat. You say, "Oh man, he messed up my bat." You go back to the dugout. He's like, "Yeah, man, he messed up your bat." But then the next at bat, you have a a new lease on life. Right. She had a new lease on life. That was one point that turned into a game that turned in you know it just turned into a big nationwide worldwide debacle. It's worldwide. Now I will say this in Serena Williams' defense and defense of her sister, who I'm a very 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 big fan of, is that. I also believe that this explosion is a, a part and parcel with the abuse that her and her sister have endured for 20 years. I agree. Because just like we spoke about on the Ozone recently, she's tested for steroids more than the other players. She's constantly ridiculed about her physique. Right. Just recently, the French Open banned her, her attire. And I think that... It gets, enough is enough. Enough is enough. And you're asking an awful lot for someone to always take the high road. And and exactly. Especially when she's like the face. She's the face of tennis. Of tennis. And, and her comeback is the face of tennis. Right. There's also another piece to unpack here, which is, you know, everybody wants her to win her next Grand Slam so that she can be the sole record holder. Because right now, Margaret Court from Australia is the record holder. And Margaret Court is notorious for being anti-LGBTQ and of what a lot of people feel like is a dated mindset. So the powers that be want a better face, a more progressive face on their all-time, all-time champion. And that's there's a lot of goodwill there that that's built up. I also believe, though, 
just like how Serena and Venus boycotted Indian Wells for maybe a decade or however long it was because there was people calling them gorillas and monkeys and right. names in the crowd. Hey, man. Putin as well. Putin, is what, he referred to them as the William brothers before? Come on, man. That's not cool. And this gets old. Yeah. Outside of just it being not cool, it gets old. And this is something. And it's blatant racism. It's blatant racism. And for all you people on the sidelines that think that you can passively not take a stance against this kind of stuff, this kind of explosion is what you get from years and years and years of abuse. Right. Because eventually somebody's going to have enough. And Serena has had and worn enough. And she imploded. And, and, and yeah, and that's it. And and then she exploded on the ref and she exploded on the whole thing. I don't I don't know if she purposely disrespected Naomi Osaka. Only she knows that. But it was definitely a it was definitely a byproduct of her going after the 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 chair ump. Yeah, I don't think that she personally went out to personally disrespect her. Yeah. I just think that as a competitor and everything, she literally I I just still stick by it that she acted Acted like a child. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. And I, I, and I don't, what I don't, I'm saying and children don't, don't have a good gauge on, you know, at that point when they're in, no, the, in the middle of something, what's right or wrong. And I, and I agree. They just want their, they just want their point. They Which just is want, why I yes. told you to apologize already. Yeah. yeah, I told you to apologize. Well, you'll never work here again. Yeah. Yep. You know, and that's, yep. that's, how can she dictate who's going to work where? Because she's the GOAT. And that's how it goes. Well, if but that's that, the case, then that's not fair. That's not fair to the officials or anybody else. You can't. She's asking for home cooking. Yeah, she's asking for home cooking. And, but but my point is, in all of that, I agree with you on that. But what I'm saying is, is that in all of that, all of a lot of that comes up from being mistreated for decades. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It, it definitely has that potential to do that. Because, you know, like you said, how much abuse can you take? There's only so much why, you can take. Why am I getting tested more than everybody? Exactly. You know? Why am I ridiculed? Why, why am I ridiculed? Why, why, what, what is that? What have I done to tennis for you guys to treat me Except like this? Except for bring it up. Exactly. And now this is a situation, unfortunately, where the pot bubbled over. And it bubbled over in an ugly way, in my opinion, that then in turn was mistimed. There's a time to talk about the sexism. Right. There's a time to make sure that everything is judged fairly. Uh, you know, and just like they made the the big uh just like the women made the big push for equal pay. Mm-hmm. The women get the 3.8 million check, Naomi Osaka got a 3.8 million check, uh Novak Djokovic got a 3.8 million dollar check. As they should. But they should. Everybody should get paid equal for equal work. Only problem I ever have with it is why don't they play five sets if that's the case. But I, that's neither here nor there. Because men have to play five sets. But I, I I hear what you're saying. Everyone should get paid equal for equal work. And in this situation, everyone should also be judged equally. So if you allow, you know, not that he does it, but if you allow uh, Juan Martin Del Pocho to cuss you out, he's not that guy. I'm just using him as an example. To cuss out the official, guess what? That needs to be standard then. Then we just get an official's cussed out. <laughs> All <laughs> the time. How it works. You need to know that going in. <laughs> But there was a there was a something that she interpreted as an attack on her character, which I did not see. I didn't see it as an attack on her character, nor any form of sexism, of direct sexism. And I also think that as an athlete, she was not going to win, and she knew that, and she found her way out. And this is the Omar Miller unpopular view of the day, right? Well, they're, they're saying also saying that tennis umpires are considering forming a union following Serena's um, storm. Really? Uh-huh. And anger amongst officials over uh over lack of support for Carlos Ramos. Ramos is set to officiate Cro- Croatia versus US Davis Cup semifinal. 
Now, are you saying that he shouldn't officiate anymore because you guys don't like the way that he officiates? This is the great thing about officiating, whether you like it or not. You, you'll go against an official that you know calls it a certain way. Tight way. Yeah, and you're like, and man. Those are the rules. Yeah, and, and, and baseball, they set pitchers up to face certain pit, uh, umpires because they know how the guy's zone is. I mean, come on, man. It's a it's a it's a bad situation. It's a great op-ed written by uh, the great Martina Navratilova that uh, that sums up a lot of this stuff from a championship perspective because she knows as well she, as anybody. She's and uh, honestly, if I had to take one person on a one-on-one against Serena, best day versus best day, it would probably be Martina, uh, if not Venus. It's one of those two. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, this is this was ugly. I don't think it's a good look for tennis, and I hate the fact that it's devolved into this as far as another thing to divide the United States and the culture and men and women and black and white, and everybody is all too quick to jump down that rabbit hole. Trust me, folks, I understand there are plenty of issues that are sexist, racist, and biased. I don't think we need to add more on a maybe. Right. Well, that's the tennis sum up. I mean, I had a lot to get off my chest on that one. My only thing, one more thing about this, this tennis thing, Rundy Piper. You know what? Because if she didn't play another match, this is what a lot of people will remember her about. And that's really unfortunate. Yeah. I just want to put that out there. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. So, uh, yeah. So that's where we are in the game. Moving on. How about that fight this weekend? What fight? Exactly. <laughs> the one that's going to result in a green WC, uh, WBC belt coming in for us to get to hug and squeeze. <laughs> Showtime. A lot Sean of good Porter. loving. A lot of good loving. Showtime Sean Porter uh, was on the Ozone last week to speak about his fight at the Barclays Center with Danny Garcia. And he told us that he w- was planning on outboxing him, uh, being elusive, and then fighting Earl Spence. And, uh, and, He's speaking it into existence. He he manifests his words. Him and his father put in the work. I don't think he was the most elusive character because Danny hit him a lot. But after that relentless pressure and punishment to his body, Danny's punches didn't have the smoke on it that – that that they could have had. And I actually believe the the judges got this one right. I had it seven five for Sean, uh, and that's what most of them had. One judge had it eight to four for Sean's. So one judge really feel that Sean's work. I felt his work eight four. You yeah, that's not far fetched. Because they gave um the first round to Danny. And, and I did not. And I did not. I mean, because Danny I mean you could either give it a a even round or I would have to go to Sean. Sean was way busier he was way busy. <laughs> I mean, he was landing the, mo- the most punches. He was the ring general. Yeah, he was the ring general. He controlled it. He controlled it. And pff, congrats. I'm glad to see that young man go out and get it, get yeah, that thing. Too. And you know what? He has his belt. This is going to result in him getting a lot of dough. I'm very just I'm I'm He's a positive young man in the in the sport. Yeah, this was this was all good. It was a win-win. This is the the a win- winner winner. A chicken dinner. And let's hear what uh Earl Spence had to say after the fight. Hello, sir. I know you all here tonight. Hey, the same way that she called out Danny Garcia, I'm calling you out. You know what I'm saying? Let's get it on. We got the WC belt. I got the IBM belt. We can unify. We good friends. I love you, Danny. But let's get it on. Hey, hey, guess what, y'all? This going to be the easiest fight to make in boxing right here. What is, what is your assessment of what you saw here of Sean Porter? I mean, Sean Porter did what he always do. Sean Porter, he came forward, you know, he was aggressive, and he came to fight like he always do. And his dad got him ready with Barry Hunter. But like I said, I feel like I'm the best welterweight division, and I want this fight. I'm the IBM champion of the world. I'm a Earl Spence I'm the truth. And I guarantee you, I'm going to come home with the WC belt to be the unified champion. And would you like this fight next? 
I definitely like that fight next. I love that fight for next year. All right. Hey, hey, hey. Do I look worried? That's going to be a clash of the Titans, folks. I actually think Earl Spence had been drinking because I don't know if you watch afterwards, but Earl looked a little loose-lipped in general. <laughs> he was having a good time. His whole squad was out. Him, uh, uh, Javante Davis, Broner, Robert Easter, all of them was out there chilling, supporting, yeah. which was cool. It was great to see that. It's also great to see all these young brothers that are friends in the in the league. Right. You know? um, but I, there was also a lot of online grumblings afterwards because afterwards in the press conference, Earl Spence spoke about Terrence Crawford. Did you see that? No, I did not. Oh, this heard about it, didn't see it. Hold on, hold on. Let me find it. That welterweight division is stacked. Stacked. I mean, stacked. Hold on. Now we have four four belt holders, right? Definitely not in paycheck, paycheck. I guarantee you, if we check our tax reports at the end of the year, I guarantee I'll make more than him. He got three coaches. We don't know who the head coach is. <laughs> so, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm way better fighting Terrence Crawford. Who has he fought? The only name fight you fight is Yorkers Game Boy, the guy that he fought. Mm-hmm. I fought Rock Peterson, Chris Algeria, Kill Brooks. I mean, and how many fights he got? 30 some fights? He never fought anybody like better said, than Chris Algeria. He's a great fighter like that, but mm. you can't put him to me. Like the guy he just fought for the undisputed welterweight champion, uh, lightweight champ, light welterweight champion of the world. Reaching for Greg stopped him later than he did. You know what I'm saying? So you got to add it all into conclusion to who you say the top was. Oh, he knows that. <laughs> you talking to him at church? Going out? Is it say that? Oh yeah! yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. He did. This is you know he was feeling it. But honestly, I actually do think Earl's better than Terrence. But the problem is, once again, we're going back to the stables. Right. And I, I mean, honestly, Earl Spence, the names that he put out there. The only one that really is the big difference for me is Kilbrook. Me too. The rest of them are just like throw-ins, you know, the yeah. Chris Algiers. They've already been beat up by a bunch of people. In they the- all got beat up by me. <laughs> Red, pretty much. Who, 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 who changes your career. Who, changes, who gives you the Gennady Golovkin. <laughs> right. Actually gives you the Manny Pacquiao. <laughs> gives you the Manny Pacquiao. The Manny Pacquiao. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, but um, Kilbrook, I mean, and and then even with Kilbrook, Gennady gave it to Kilbrook. So I'm not trying to take anything away from Errol Spence. I just feel like, you know, neither one of them have a resume that stands out like that. Right. At 140, Terrence Crawford was the man. Right. Since he's moved up to 147, he does work, but I'm not overly impressed with he does, he hasn't shown a He hasn't shown the knockout drop that you want to see. That I want to see. And, but, and, and the body snatcher has. Yeah, he, he kills the body. But, he, but he, you know what, though? There's always something to counter that. I mean, there is. That jab is real. And Terrence is real. Terrence is real. is real. Yeah, he's got heart. He's got heart. But now we have a champ in Sean Porter who gets to dictate some of his own uh, next moves. Right. And I really don't feel like those people, those guys that we're talking about, are going to be running to fight him like that. You know what I'm saying? I think Earl wants to fight him. I, Earl, Earl would. Earl would yeah, want to. Earl wants to fight everybody. Yeah. But there's a there's a but there's a, a danger to him versus uh, Al Heyman Premier Boxing that will stop a lot of these fights fights from happening. And I think that's why we're looking at Earl versus Sean, potentially. Right. right. And uh, and this is unfortunate because the way that this is, we got a stacked division and we're probably not going to see all of it. I think Sean had a little ring rust from not fighting for the 10 months. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he knocked that ring rust off maybe like by the third round. I thought he had a good first round. But by the fourth round, I think he really was back to himself. Mm-hmm. And some of the stuff he was doing in there athletically is incredible. Right. I mean, he never gets tired. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, he has so much energy. His motor is running. 
and he's not afraid to get hit, and he shows you a chin of a champion, man, I mean, he takes it right on the chin. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I think that's going to be really interesting. Another interesting thing taking place in that welterweight division is Manny Pacquiao just on his Instagram came out with a, a statement that was extremely interesting. Yesterday, Manny Pacquiao uh, tweeted or posted on Instagram to his 4.3 million followers, congratulations and good luck to Top Rank Boxing and ESPN on your seven-year partnership agreement. I know both of you have been very busy finalizing the deal. However, I have not received the U.S. rights payment for my July 15th fight against Lucas Matisse that was broadcast on ESPN+. Therefore, I'm initiating legal proceedings against Top Rank and all other parties based on the non-payment and attempt to restrict my future rights. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> Manny's such a nice guy, and I wonder if that services is like getting served when you serve people. If like right. with, with that <laughs> amount of a following, it would be impossible for a judge to say to say he didn't. I didn't see it exactly. <laughs> you saw it, yeah. And this is crazy. So Bob Arum, who has long been rumored to have played games with Manny Pacquiao's money to keep him fighting, mm-hmm. um, seems as though Manny has woken up. And said exactly that. I do believe it was Floyd Mayweather who said years ago that Manny Pacquiao should have left Bob Arum. Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure. I, uh, among other people, but I think Floyd said that. I think Floyd said he should have left, which is why Floyd left Bob Arum early, I do believe. And I think they're just giving a you dirty business. old school boxing. I mean, Bob Arum's like 85 now or something like that. And uh, I tend to believe the boxer in these scenarios. Because he's the guy that either has his money or doesn't. Right. Why would Manny Pacquiao sit around and lie about receiving his his uh, residual payments? And put it out on social media like that. Why would he do that? That doesn't right. make him look good. And also, why isn't Manny Pacquiao the next in line to fight all of these belt holders besides <laughs> are himself? You, are you kidding? But this is what I'm saying. They don't want that. So, And I honestly feel like Manny probably can beat almost all of them. I, I, if not I, all I of them. His hardest fight would be against Earl Spence. And this would this is only determined determined by whether or not Earl Spence can take his power. Yeah. Because Manny, like Sean Porter, is not going to run out of energy. He's not going to stop fighting. And, you know, you need to really catch him to knock him cold like uh, Marquez did. And honestly, and he's willing to get knocked out cold. Yes, and he's honestly, he can knock you out still at his age. He can still, he still got enough. And, you know, in that, you have, before you remember, they were talking about him fighting Lomachenko. And all of a sudden, that's gone by the wayside. Because Manny fights it, can fight at 140 or catch weight at 144. 147 is actually pushing him because that's when he's up. That's like way up for him. So you're talking about Crawford. You're talking about uh, uh, Spence. You're talking about Sean Porter now. And Manny Pacquiao all have belts. I would think that Sean Porter probably would give him a harder fight than anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's just, athlete, he's actually more athletic than he's him. He's actually more athletic and he's going to keep going just like Manny is. Yeah. And then you have to kill both of them in there. Yeah. And that the only problem fight. with Manny, with these young guys fighting Manny, is that Manny throws punches from every kind of angle that you can even imagine and some that you can't. And it's a problem because that's how he knocks people out. It's not the punch that you see coming. And these young guys... I'm not going to say that they're smart by not fighting him, but they're doing the right thing by not fighting him because he can take your belt. <laughs> and I don't think it's them. Oh, no. I don't think, yeah. you know, the, the fighters want to fight. And they want to fight him. Because this is what they do. And you can't tell me that there's somebody that's a bigger draw than Manny Pacquiao at 47. Manny Pacquiao, you announce Pacquiao versus Spence or Pacquiao versus Crawford. Put that pay-per-view up. People are going to buy it. Well, if you're going to see a fight like that, you probably won't see it until another two or three years where they know right. or think Manny's that he's completely, yeah, completely finished. Yep. No, 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 not that he's in a wheelchair, but when he's... Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You know, I'm talking about... Like to put that out there like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but they want him to be mush. Yeah. Just, just like when they waited for Evander Holyfield to slow down a little bit, and then everybody wanted to jump on the bandwagon and fight him, and then they found out that he wasn't finished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, no, I'm still good. Man. 
And then when they talk about this Golovkin, now I, I didn't know this was Golovkin's last fight on HBO. Oh, really? Con- Golovkin's contract with HBO ends with Canelo fight. Uh-oh. That, we need a knockout. <laughs> Let me tell you. I'm telling you right now, the fight's coming up this weekend. If Gennady Golovkin doesn't knock Canelo out, I'd be amazed if he gets a decision. Yes. I don't care if he if he bagels him. I don't care if he wins 12 <laughs> rounds and none with three knockdowns. If he doesn't knock him out, it's, I just can't see it happening. Now, Gennady's been on record saying he wants to punish him, and we've seen that before. And Canelo, actually, I'll say, looks really good. Looks really, really good. Really good. good. Looks really lean. Yeah. So the only thing that I could think is is that he's going to try a – Speed package. A speed approach. He's going to actually do his best Floyd Mayweather impersonation. And he's going to see if that can work and, and go boxing. Because he's been trying to soften up his critics that say, uh, well, you know what? We need to uh, – it wasn't running. It was actually strategic boxing. You guys need to watch more fights and you'll understand. I've heard a lot of boxers say the same thing. Well, that was good boxing strategy. And that's just this new era of boxing because if you go back to Marvin Hagler footage and Sugar Ray Leonard footage and even Wilfredo Bonita, nobody's not going backwards. We're trying to engage. We're not trying to run. I came to fight. I came to fight. I'm not going to rip the fans off and give you a defensive clinic. If I want a defensive clinic, do it for me on YouTube. I can come and watch (laughs) it. So I get get 200 likes, 200 million likes and 30,000 views or whatever. Whatever, whatever you want to call it. But I come there to watch cats put them up. Uh, yeah, and Gennady wants to put them up. I think that, you know, after seeing Canelo and how lean he is and how much his body seems to be physically smaller, yeah. even though the weight is the same, his body seems to be, like, uh, differently shaped now, I think this is a – his plan is to counterpunch and to dance. I really believe that that's, that's his plan. What kind of dance and are you looking for? I'm looking for a pasa doble. <laughs> oh, and, and, not a merengue. And I don't know <laughs> – Honestly, I don't know if he can hurt Gennady in that sense, so I don't know how that's going to work out for him. Well, the problem is that he doesn't have the the reach either, so he has to give a little bit to get on the inside, and that's where he needs to do his most damage. And, you know, you got to come in there to the power zone. Yeah. I think that he should have took a page out of actually when George Foreman and Evander Holyfield fought with uh, Evander Holyfield stepped into George Foreman's power so that he couldn't extend his arms and actually ever extend his arms completely to, you know, to try to stop some of that, absorb some of that. The only thing that I have seen Canelo work on and on all the YouTube <laughs> in the stomach. is body shots. <laughs> yeah. I've seen him work the body shots and the heavy bag for body shots. I think that his plan is to go to the body when he can to mitigate some of Gennady's power. And the, my only issue is this. I've never seen Canelo Alvarez better than he was last September. And it wasn't enough. Right. So I don't know what he could do after a knee surgery and there was off a- the juice with no uh, tune-up. tune-up fight. I'm very interested to see this fight. And I'm going with Golovkin. Okay. That's what I was about to ask you. Who are you going with? I'm going with Golovkin. Yeah. Who are you going with? Oh, come on, man. Don't you play too much. You know. <laughs> you know that. Triple J. We'll see, because we'll see the champ after the fight. We'll see what he says. <laughs> he's right. still ready to go? <laughs> yeah, he's still going to be ready to go. Bumps, bruises, and all. All right. Moving on to the college football picks this week. Uh, next victim's ready to go. Yo. Next victim, a.k.a. four for six or four for seven. Ooh. How you feeling? Dang, he calling out stats on your boy. Yeah. Uh, you, you what that, happened? You that upside-down pound cake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling good. I was always cracking with y'all. Oh, man, we just, we just covered a range of topics. We, you know, covered uh, uh, the champ, called in last week and, and made his prediction and came through with it. Me calling all of the, the action this weekend. Terry calling the action this weekend with Houston versus uh, Boston. And everybody came through except for about three picks on the college football side. Oh! We have nothing to do with it. So we're looking to you Ooh. for a concise set of picks. 
that will then in turn be able to, to make us stand proud as the Ozone. What you got for Let's this one? Do it. All right. So, yeah, I went four for six or whatever <laughs> old Measy said. But, uh, you know, just a quick little, you know, flashback. Clemson escaped. We all know that. Yeah. So they remain the number two. Dabo. Georgia Bulldog won. You know, South Carolina. So they still ranked up high. Uh, one of my losses was SC. They went to, uh, they lost to the Stanford East Palo Alto boys. Told you about EPA. Um, you did call that. I know about EPA. <laughs> I just tried to get love to the home team. I know about it. <laughs> so another one of my losses, uh, Michigan State, they came into hot Arizona and lost to uh, Arizona State in Herm Edwards. Went to Hermville. Yeah. Went to Hermville, and it was 100 degrees, plus that's 730 in Hermville. So I'll take that L. Can't huh. do it. But some of the big games this weekend, number 12, LSU versus number 7, Auburn. I'm going with LSU. Oh. You know, that's Les Miles' old squad. I believe in them Tigers, purple and gold. Number 17, Boise State, playing against number 24, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is a run-and-gun type offense. Same as Boise State, um, but I like Boise State in this one just because um, they're, they're, they're more consistent. They've okay. been consistent playing that type of game Staying for a long time. Rank. Staying with the higher rank. Then we got number four, Ohio State. I don't even like talking about Ohio State. One, because they're in the same conference as Michigan State, and then also because of the uh, the coaching Scandal. situation. Yeah, Scandal. so they play. Oh, go like Prince hey. back. <laughs> wow. Talk about you and me. Ooh, I can tell it. Ohio State is playing number 15, TCU. Um, I like TCU, but unfortunately, Ohio State is a serious problem with the scandal that's going on. Ohio State is is a scary team to play against and most likely will be either um, Rose Bowl bound by the end of the season. Um, Next, we got number 22, USC. Playing against Texas in Texas, this is the the, the big match. game that's this been trilogy, right? the rematch. This is the Rose Bowl rematch. This is the battle of the Titans. This would be the third game uh, played between the two. Um, I like Texas for the reason T. Martin, uh, former player with with Tennessee Vols, he's the offensive coordinator now with USC. T-less and if you looked at USC, they don't play the same once T. Martin became the offensive coordinator a couple of years ago. Now, now I know Ozone. Because, do you think that's because T it has a problem like a lot of all-star, all-world players do when it comes to coaching and expecting people to be able to do what they can do? Yes. And one of my theories is one of the cats that are lesser talented is the and are got more coaches. time on the bench are better coaches. Wow, I think that you. I I wouldn't doubt. I don't know if that's the case with SC. I don't keep up with college as much as I could, but in general, that seems to be a very safe statement. Yeah. Very rarely do you see the superstar athlete turn into the great coach. Right. It doesn't happen. I do. I will say one of them was you know Larry Bird. He was awesome on the court, and you know he, he took pretty, the Pacers. He took the Pacers there immediately. Yeah. Magic yeah. was a terrible coach. Terrible. Yeah. 
Uh, uh, Pete Rose was a suspect coach. <laughs> he was a player. Coach, <laughs> right? He had to call. I would love to play for Pete Rose. Though. <laughs> they owe me. <laughs> and a lot of more terrible GMs as well. Charlie also a lot of terrible GMs. Yeah, Isaiah Jordan, Thomas was a bad coach. Jordan, Jordan was a terrible GM. <laughs> <laughs> right. You get that a lot. Kwame Brown can't do <laughs> what you can do. You Kwame Brown. Kwame Brown. Kwame Brown. In the Ice Cube Big Three League. <laughs> <laughs> Let alone How do you NBA. Come on, man. Uh, and I, I got one more game, and it's uh, we got our our left now. It's San Jose State playing against the Oregon Ducks. Y'all know me. I got to roll with the home team. But is this one? Is this a home? score? Is going to be Oregon Ducks and San Jose State three. So I'm going with. The- <laughs> I'm going with the ducks. <laughs> going with them ducks. Going with that great goose. All right, wait. So, so on the way out, we got two pieces I want you to cover. One, what do you think about the result of the Garcia uh, Porter fight this weekend? I called it. I, I believe I, I mentioned that it was going to be what one fifteen or one thirteen or one fifteen, yeah. one twelve on yeah. the scorecard. If it wasn't a knockout in the ninth or the tenth round, um, I, I think that. I love the results of it. I love the way that Sean Porter fought. I wish he would have fought like that the entire 12 rounds and not 10. I believe in the, in the first two rounds he tried to outbox um Yeah, Garcia. you know what we just spoke about? I think a lot of that was ring rust because he hadn't fought in a while. So, okay. And then he knocked off that ring rust and got back to his relentless pursuit of pressure and athleticism. Right, and Garcia didn't really do anything in the first round either. He didn't. He, didn't. he hit him with a couple hooks, but he actually hit him hard. And Sean wasn't impressed. You yes. could see it. He hit him solid, and Sean was like, oh, okay, cool. But Sean yeah, he, he threw the, the combo piece, and once he threw the combo pieces the first time, the first time in the um, in the first two ring, first two rounds, I'm sorry, that's when Sean Porter got, you know, relentless and started putting the pressure after he took the, you know, the cut, the combo piece. Um, but I like the, I like what Sean Porter did. I, I like his, I like the way he approached the, the, the fight. Um, he did what he always do. Um, it bothered Danny Garcia because Danny Garcia could not get the distance to throw the proper combos and the two piece or, or, or the jab. You know, he landed some here and there, but Porter was in that, in that phone booth with him the whole time. And he didn't want none of that. It was too uncomfortable for, for, for Garcia. Well, and it was just too much athleticism. You can see it. His athleticism is incredible. Um, okay. Yeah. That and then the, the final piece. Fooling around with the Angels if you haven't left them yet. What's that. what's the what's the move with Otani? Now Otani, they said he needed Tommy John. He was like, "Oh, really? How about I need two more bombs?" Do you get? <laughs> do you go with the surgery, or do you just let him swing the stick in 2019, uh, or do you have him sit out in 2019? If you're the if if they call you to be the GM, I let him swing the stick. No surgery. We don't need you to pitch. Um, we do need. Well, let me say this: we do need you to pitch, um, but. Trout got two more years left on his contract, so let him just swing the Man, stick only. Don't worry about it. up already. Yeah, they're talking yeah. about extending him already right now. Wow. Yeah. That was fast. I remember yeah. when he signed his deal. Young. Yeah, he was young. Yep. So I, I, I'll just let him swing the stick and um, just to try to keep it attractive for those that are around him on the squad to, to try to stay because we've seen what he can do, and I'm, I'm sure the Angels see the, what he can do on a daily basis you know, in batting practice or whatever. So let him just swing the stick. And now don't focus on the surgery if you're Otani or the organization. Focus on getting some, some better pitching, some, some mm. 
long-lasting pitching in the organization. Some young pitchers. Now, well, well Otani, though, can actually swing the stick and have the surgery. So he can. he's going to sit out. He's not going to be able to pitch all of next year anyway unless they figure out a different form of um, medical, you know, system right. to fix his arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's going to sit. But the, surgery, but the surgery is still questionable. You know, it's, it's, I guess it's pretty much up to him or to get a – a second, a second look at it. Well, I so think he had a second opinion, though. But the thing of it is that he could still swing the stick and have the surgery. But for I would think that he would be sour on the Angels if they don't let him pitch because that's the reason why he signed yeah, with them. Yeah, that was them. the big reason he, he, and, he rolled with uh-huh, them. And if you tell him now that, oh, well, we only he's only 23 years old and he can definitely be one of the best pitchers in baseball yeah, if they leave him alone. And somehow or another, you turned it to it was your Tony. Yeah. <laughs> right. then, it was called for. Then they need to they need to make a decision quick then and just have him you know stop playing now. They're not going anywhere, and he's still swinging the stick anywhere. Well, you know but I mean? that's so, the problem. If they would have let him play like this early season, they might actually be going somewhere. Exactly. All right. Final thing, we got to get off the line. Final thing, who you got this weekend? Triple G Canelo rematch. You know, I like that letter J J J. I like G <laughs> I guess he G'd up. <laughs> I'm G'd up. I Do it for the temper. Thank you for joining the Ozone, and I will be on uh, Twitter shortly to troll you if your picks are wrong. <laughs> yeah, appreciate y'all. Have a good one. <laughs> I go late. <laughs> ah, good times on the Ozone. Moving quick, man. The time just seems to fly in the Ozone nowadays. We got a roundtable discussion. We got a roundtable discussion uh, for the NFL that kicked off. Mm, nice, nice, nice lead. And something we never spoke about was the was the Kaepernick ad, right? And Nike, uh, man, having the secret weapon of keeping him on the bench basically the whole time and been breading him up. And maybe this is why he wasn't so hesitant to not exercise his option with the 49ers. Maybe I don't. I just thought felt like it was a bad move for him not keeping his sixty four mil. <laughs> you can't let that go. I don't think Nike. I don't think Nike's paying him that much. How much are they paying him? I don't know. I don't, I'm not in his pockets. But I'm just <laughs> get out, get out my pocket, Colin. Yeah, but uh, it's very interesting to see Nike feel like what they're on the right side of history. I agree with them that they are, um, and it's it's this isn't the first time that they've they've rolled the dice, right? And I don't think that they had a, a lot to lose. Where they're gonna lose? A couple of people Sorry. burning up this stuff that they already paid for. I mean, come on, man. You you pay for it. You're burning it up. Yeah. Well, they're talking about the you know the future revenue. They're talking about future revenue. But I personally believe that that you know what most of the time the people who are buying Nikes and X Y and Z are the culture, right? And the culture determines what's cool and what's not. And the culture has made a very very clear stand that 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 we as a unit are behind Colin Kaepernick and his cause. And I think that Nike is doing the right thing from a business perspective and from a, a societal, moral perspective. It's just unfortunate that that false narrative is out there and everybody, you got a bunch of people who aren't informed that are falling for it. Yeah. You know, it's not cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so let's get to the lines and uh, figure out what happened this week in the NFL. Trucker Dave and Cowboy Kev, the icons and Big O, all on the line to talk about the NFL week one. What is happening? Well, it's a lot of things happening in NFL. Welcome back, NFL. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a <laughs> lot to unpack. And it was not a very warm welcome. Let's start off with Cowboy Kev. What what happened down? What happened? Goo goo. Well, see, what had happened was. <laughs> 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 no, you know what? It, it, it really is it, still preseason. Uh, we're in preseason form. 
it uh, with all the new changes that we've had, we you know receiver core uh, line with Frederick Center going out. Uh, we still got some messing to do, and it was very apparent very early that uh, the offense there they struggled. And uh, it's, it's going to take them some time to, to really put it together. But uh, I was happy to see our defense looked uh, promising. They showed some signs, and uh, so there is some hope. But uh, we got some, we got definitely need some improvement on the offensive side. I think that you guys are in a little trouble when you see the offensive line struggle a little bit in Dallas. Yeah, that's not Dallas that's not style good. at all. No, it, exactly, and that's that's my view, especially once uh, Frederick was out. You uh, you knew we really were in trouble, you know. Uh, Tyron Smith, he's always going to, you know, be in and out, and so uh, we we don't solidify the old line uh, back in Zeke. They'll they'll be in for a long season. <laughs> and if you can't beat Carolina without Greg Olson, you got problems. You got problems. You got and, problems. And, and <laughs> yeah, we were fortunate. We were fortunate. The the score turned out the way it did. Uh, really, to be honest, that's why I say the, the defense. Uh, I thought they they contained Cam for the most part. Obviously, he had some you know couple breakout plays, but uh, we we got some promise on the defensive end. We could just I don't know. It's it's going to take some time for the the the, uh, the offense to really put it together. Obviously, they got to be more creative uh, with no playmakers. Uh, on the receiving core, so I don't know. Uh, you don't sound too optimistic, Cowboy Kev. <laughs> I'm just gonna put it out there, Trucker Dave. Let's move into the to the to the New England quarter of the country. How did you feel uh, about what you saw out of your squad this week? Well, the Patriots look pretty good on defense. I mean, they're shuffling at mm. the receiver position, but on defense, they look pretty good. I was impressed how they played defense. I was surprised. Yeah, and I was not surprised that Tom Brady went to his favorite target and got to Gronk immediately. Yeah. Yeah, but I will say this. Like riding the bike. He got drunk off I the Gronk. I will say this. It's good that they let Rob Patricia go down there in uh, Detroit, and, uh, you know, they were able to revamp the defense. He picked up right where he left off. You know how they got blown. <laughs> they got blown. <laughs> he picked up right where he left off. You know, I know a bunch of people who are in those bump-out survivor leagues where you have to pick one team. You only get to pick them once per year. And I actually knew a dude who told me, he was like, yeah, a lot of guys lost yesterday because they went with uh, New Orleans. I went with uh, Detroit. Detroit should be safe at home against the Jets. (laughs) (laughs) And that kid, Sam Darno, is touchdown Sammy Jack. That kid is a winner. He lit them up. Hey, absolutely. Yeah, he lit him up, yeah, man. Yeah. Like a rookie, too. They opened up the playbook for him. Yep. And he showed yeah. he was ready. Yep. Yeah, he's ready. You know what I think is going to happen? I got a feeling that I wouldn't be surprised to see Pittsburgh trade Le'Veon Bell to the Jets because they have the cap mm. down there. Wow. Yeah. Um, that would be I wouldn't even heard the Jets. It, you heard it here first from Chuck and Dave. But Chuck and Dave <laughs> on the Ozone with a bold prediction. Yeah, because wow. they could see that they needed help. And Le'Veon could see they needed help, which is why he trolled the team on Twitter when he put up uh, that, that, that looky-loo face to Sherlock Holmes where he was trying to see what was going on. Oh, Dez did the same thing. You see, Dez did the same thing. Dez did the same thing to Cowboy Cam. Yeah. Yeah, they may, we may need to re-pick him up. <laughs> well, you know what? They're going to have a problem because they're stacking the line against Ezekiel Elliott. You don't have any receivers out there. It's a it's a problem. Uh, the same problem that Ty Gurley uh, had. Exactly. There's no respect for the receivers. 
And so Zeke's going to have a long season. It's going to be a tough one. Speaking of people having a long season and speaking of Todd Gurley, uh, it looks like the Raiders are going to be in for a long season, even though they're playing yeah. a lot of people's in uh, Super Bowl favorite Los Angeles Rams last night. It was notable from the very beginning that had they had Khalil Mack, they actually would have had a chance to win that game. Yeah. Well, you know that the game is passed uh, to me, John Gruden, by because Thomas Bay, he outcoached him, and Gruden has been looking at all of this tape. And in the second half, look at what uh, look at what the Rams did. Yeah, McVay made the adjustments at halftime and ran yeah. a muck on the Raiders. Sure did. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And look at his personnel. He's got he's got all basically older players. Mark he's, got, John Lynch. he's got the oldest team in the league. Forty yards. Come on, man. Right. He got um, he got Jordy Nelson. He couldn't even get any separation. And I knew if they kept on throwing on Marcus Peters' side, it's gonna be a good night. <laughs> That's no what's gonna happen. Oh yeah. No well, tell me this. I, the Rams, obviously, you know, we know they're going to be good. But what did you guys think about Minnesota? Oh, Minnesota's defense looked good. I think Minnesota might go to the Super Bowl because Kirk Cousins is a winner. Their defense yeah. looks legit. And you're in a situation. I see the icons disapproving over here. You didn't. What, what didn't you like? Go ahead. I can't even finish my thought. You talk about they go to the Super Bowl. They gonna go beat the Rams? I I wasn't overly impressed with Ram time to be honest. Well, basically they need to gel, so that'll be you know. Yeah, but they need the Raiders actually. And you you would be fooling yourself if you weren't surprised at the show that the Raiders put on in the first half. No, but that but that's coaching one on one. What he did with that offense, since they have the highest offense in football last year, was he just played keep away. And then after the after the Rams got the ball back the second half, you changed the game around because then you made them have to play. You made the Raiders have to make plays, and Derek Carr and them couldn't do it. I agree, and I think the Rams are fantastic. But if you have to end up playing Minnesota up in Minnesota and that defense is tight like they are, and I think Kirk Cousins is actually an upgrade, and what I've seen from him out of Washington for the past few years, that guy makes plays. It's not always pretty, but that dude makes plays. And if you put him in a position to make plays, he's going to do just that. And with that defense, you may not have to make a lot of plays. you got a defense up there that might give up – 14, 20 points. Are you kidding? The Rams defense is crazy. They have the Rams defense is crazy on paper, and I agree with you. It is crazy, but until just like every sport that gets a bunch of superstars together, you have to see it in 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 motion. Now that Todd Gurley in motion was legit. Forget about it. You missing some things. You missing some things. None of their starters really played that much in the preseason, so they had to. You know, that's a good point. That's a good point. And and you don't just have good players; you have a good. Defensive coordinator who beat Tom Brady in them. Remember that Wade Phillips yeah. beat beat them, so yeah. he yeah. he can work with the talent that he has. Yeah, and he has some rookies out there that look nice last night too. Yeah. yeah, and I actually think that what he did is going to end up take what Sean McVay did is um is going to end up taking hold because ultimately these preseason games are just a, a, a injury waiting to happen. Yeah, and it's basically a trial. I don't blame him though. You can't pay no dude a hundred million dollars and then yeah, he play in the preseason and get hurt, then you're gonna lose your job. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, speaking of losing your job, who believes Aaron Rodgers may be actually literally on his last leg with this situation that happened on Sunday? They brought him back in. You know, the legend of Aaron Rodgers continues. Once again, everybody's a prisoner of the moment. I've been hearing Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback of all time for about two or three years now, which is just mind blowing for me. I just, I'm devastated by, by people saying it. I love Aaron Rodgers. I think he's a stud, but to throw him in this, this greatest of all time category is, is a little premature in my opinion. And honestly, on Sunday night or, uh, yeah, on Sunday night, 
he threw what should have been a pick six to end the game. And, 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 and in classic football fashion, the defender can't catch. So then you knew what was about to happen. Yeah, he, he is good enough so that it only takes a very small mistake for him to be able to take full advantage. Can't keep giving him opportunities. Yeah, but what they're talking about is his skill set. They never seen somebody who can whatever he looks, he can put the ball, and he can he, he's mobile enough to you know to get it done, man. So that's what people are facing. That yeah, but Dan Marino was the same, way. And, that's, and that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Marino, Marino wasn't mobile like him. He was before he was early yeah, in his he career. Was, he when was he when he went up. to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Hey, the only person that I can remember can do what he does is probably John Elway. John Elway was the same as well. And John Elway didn't win, John until, he Elway couldn't win until he got to Terrell Davis. Yeah, but he yeah. was inaccurate, though. But Aaron Rodgers can put the ball where unbelievable. I, I agree win. with you. I agree with you. He is. He, it is great to watch. It's great television. He puts the ball where it's supposed to go. But let me tell you something. Aaron Rodgers, a lot of the times, actually gets a lot of help. Yeah, I've, I've seen and a lot of plays where he throws the hail mary, and like in like down there in Arizona the other year, where they decide to not bat the ball down for some reason. <laughs> but like I said, it, why does he need the hail mary all the time? That means he's behind. Come on, man. And he, I mean, he doesn't play defense, so it's not on him. But at the same time, this year I'm very interested to see if he can come back from where he from what happened because his knee looked like it was pretty smashed up. Yeah, it looked like he was done for the year. And that mobility early on that Trucker Davis talking about is a key component of his game. Absolutely, because he well, could turn into play, Dan Marino playing him Sunday. You know, they play Minnesota Sunday at home, so which is a bad look for them. It's yeah, because Khalil Mack ran a block after three practices. Khalil Mack went out there and looked like Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, he was on the snap count. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was unbelievable the first half. been looking like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you had to pay him. That's true. And that's why the yeah. game is passed Gruden by. You can't let anybody <laughs> like him go. He needed his hundred million. <laughs> Don't worry about the next man. <laughs> you gotta get your own. Player. We'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Not only did he let him go, he let Mark Davis Bryant go. He sure did. So what the yeah. what the inside scoop is supposed to be, as a matter of fact, I found this out last night, is that Martavis Bryant, I guess, is is secretly uh battling he he um he failed a drug test. Oh did he? And it's oh, I, I guess I guess the drug test is good. <laughs> so, what's that? No, I agree, but from apparently there's a there's a suspension brewing, and that's why they decided to drop him. And I don't I don't even think that's out. That's word on the curb that I just picked up last night. Strangely enough, so I don't know if it's true or not, but that's a, that's what the rumorville is. Is that I think it was your standard weed uh, uh, conviction, which is ridiculous because the NFL needs to get with it Man. and let these guys smoke weed as opposed to taking all of these. Opioids yeah. and narcotics that right. they need to take to continue playing the game. Right, the NFL. There's yeah, a lot exactly. of things in the NFL that they need to really get get up to speed on. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really surprised that the NFL uh, actually. I think that they're doing the right thing by not siding with Cheeto and by saying, you know what, we're not enforcing the anthem policy this year. They backed that down, and then they also came out and uh, and and when the when the Nike ad dropped with Kaepernick, they said, well, we support all the players being able to speak their minds. Now they're hurting in the long in the short run right now because of uh, the viewership is down. But honestly. I think that the NFL is making the right move going looking to go on the right side of history. But what they have to figure out is a way to mitigate what the protests are. The NFL directly isn't killing anybody, unarmed folks. 
They need to figure out a, a set of terms with the players that isn't disrespectful, that doesn't slap anybody in the face like they tried to do before with, oh, we'll slide you guys $100 million and you can blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. But you're always going to insult somebody. You can't, of course, you can't make I'm, everybody happy. But, but exactly. what I'm talking about is, is yeah. for, it, for it to get back to what it was before with uniformity. Because a lot of what of the, the non-kneeling players have said is, well, whether you, you're down with the, the protest during the anthem or not, is uh, do they stop selling beer? Do they stop, sell, stop selling hot dogs? Is everybody there? Right. Do you do it at home? And, and that, right. this was, in my opinion, this was a very strong, you know, very smart and a very strong statement that if they're going to have some sort of parity about that uniformity, that's a way for them to get out of this situation that they're in because they're in the pickle right now. Well, yeah, last notes. Who likes who? Uh, well, who who else w- did you guys see that you liked out there? What were you going to say? I, no, no, I said I would like to go and see, do these guys have any upsets this week? Hey. Crickets? You- <laughs> talking to hey, you hey, guys. Hey, talking hey, to Cowboy Cam, talking to Dave. Hey, who hey Todd, what did you say? I didn't hear you. Uh, what's your upset this week? I'll give you an upset, that girl that beat Serena Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Huge upset, but in the world of football. Oh, well, it's a couple of good games this weekend. I wouldn't like to see that Jacksonville New England game. I think Jacksonville's going to upset New England. You think Fournette comes back, or does TJ Yeldon do what he did because he came out and got busy? I think uh, Fournette's going to come back, but he's having hamstring problems. I don't know why. That's not the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Who's too early in the season for that? Ah, Are you just upset about the state of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm interested to see what what happens with Aaron Rodgers this weekend. How they decide to go with that, uh, given they're playing Minnesota and the, the magnitude of that game, and they're being in, in Lambeau Stadium. Uh, what their decision is on that, and, and the magnitude of his injury, that's going to determine a lot. Um, you know, I know they want to keep up in the division, but uh, this could make or break their whole season. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's true. Because, you know, Minnesota's got some good secondary, so he can't just be spreading the ball around like that against Minnesota. Yeah, but if it, if he, I mean, you know, we know the, the knee, that's a, that's a touch, touchy area in itself. And there's, it's too early in the season to, to chance that for this one game, even though, you know, it's a, it's a big game. But it's too early in the season, which could jeopardize, you know, the rest of his, not only this season, but career. It's true. So, well, you you don't know that if you see them just running the ball a lot early in the game. You see him handing off the ball a lot, and then the injury is still bothering him. But when he wins the game, then he's the hero. So, obviously, he's yeah. the guys, he's in a win-win situation. <laughs> he just, yeah. Aaron Rodgers can't lose. Him and his buck 41. Cowboy Camp yep. Trucker Dave, thank you so much for riding with us in the Ozone and glad to have football back so we can have y'all back on. We'll see you soon. All right. well, always a pleasure. Thank you. Always Peace. a pleasure. Talk to y'all later on. Woo-wee. So much to unpack, ladies and gentlemen. And now for our final tribute to a game so fine it's played on diamonds. <laughs> it's almost time for the hot stove, ladies and gentlemen, meaning October. Um, you know, I'm gonna hit the hot button issue for you, which is they're talking. I got, oh I got, I got a. Don't make me explode. I got an alert the other day that asked who was the MVP in the AL. I just saw it. Mookie Betts, 
Or is it Mike Trout? Are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. I can't believe that they didn't even mention J.D. Martinez in the headline. Right? Or who could Jose potentially win the Triple Crown, by the way? Yes. Jose uh, Ramirez? Come on, man. Mike Trout is not in the conversation this year. Get over it. Can't. Mike Trout is on a losing squad. Jose Ramirez is on a winning squad. Mookie Betts is on a winning squad. J.D. Martinez is on a winning squad. Alex Bregman. Alex Bregman's on a winning squad. And we're talking about Mike Trout. Because of his war. Yeah. What and, is it good for? Uh, absolutely nothing. Say it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is absolutely good more. for nothing. Get over it. Mike Trout is not in the MVP AL conversation. <laughs> Who are you going with? I'm going with J.D. Martinez and Mookie Betts. I like J.D. Martinez. I like Mookie Betts. And I wouldn't be mad at Alex Bregman. Alex Bregman is good. I wouldn't be mad at Jose Ramirez. I can't be. I mean, this is a tough any, any of those guys you can't be mad at. Yeah, I just go with Mookie Betts because Mookie Betts is a five-tool player. I mean, he plays multiple positions in the outfield. He leads off. And, I mean, honestly, if you guys would have gave him enough at-bats, Otani probably would be, would be. He would be up there. He would definitely be rookie of the year, but he would be up there. He still has the potential to win the rookie of the year. I mean, he's still putting up. He's batting almost 300 now. He's got, like, close to 20 bombs. Yeah. I don't know. That'll be interesting. He, can, he might be able to get to 2020. I think he's, uh, what, 19 and – 13 stolen bases? Something like that. Yeah. They just have to start cutting loose. Mm-hmm. If they let him play. If they let him play. The thing is, they got to actually let him play. Yeah, but I would go with, uh, definitely, I think I would still stick with Mookie Betts. I went with Mookie in the beginning of the year, and Mookie is still putting up, you know, he banged against the Houston Astros. Sure did. And they shut J.D. Martinez down except for that last Ooh, game. He acted a donkey in that game, and that's the game they won. Yeah, and that's the only game that they won. But They didn't have to face Sale, but last year they faced Sale. And they, they ripped they, him a new yeah, one. Yeah, and they weren't impressed. Yeah. When is Charlie Morton coming back? Charlie Martin's back. He pitched against him all. He pitched. He pitched against him on Saturday. Ah, okay. Yeah, the Astros are back. They're back. Wow. And then uh, us. I see it. I see a world champion hat uh, on display. And then uh, what else do we have? We have that last. We have the the Dodgers, the, the Rockies. Milwaukee, we have the Milwaukee Brewers who are putting pressure on these here Cubbies, Jack. Yeah, that's your squad. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Dodgers are my squad, but I think that the Cubs. I like the Cubs. The Cubs getting the playoffs is a problem, but I tell you what, if you mess around, you let the Milwaukee Brewers in. They got a couple of those Kansas City Royals who have that magic. Yeah, know how to win ball games. You got yes. Moose over there. You got Lorenzo Cain over there. Uh-huh. It's rubbed off onto Christian Yelich, Christian Yelich, and then uh, they have a closer now. Yeah, and they got a they got a closer and a setup guy that's unhittable. Yes, so they're a problem. I mean, a solid lineup, and Braun is not the player that he was, but he's uh, definitely enough to carry you over the hump. If you can spot play him, you got Travis Shaw. I mean, they have a a nice squad. I I really don't prefer the Cubs. I'm really sticking with the Colorado Rockies right now because wow. they're, they're doing well at home and away. And Trevor Story is. Putting on the on clinic, a, man. Speaking of MVP, his numbers the are, don't are look like they're going to make it. The no, Dodgers can't. Uh, this is the problem I have. You can't lose to teams like the Reds and the Mets. <laughs> no, unless Jake Degrom is on the mound, then that's acceptable. Yeah, but what Jake, Jake Degrom was wasn't was not outrageous. On, yeah. I mean, they lost one game when Jake was on the mound. Yeah, but I'm talking about last night. They lost to the Reds. It's not acceptable. And yeah, and they're about to fire it up in a little bit. And uh, I don't know if, how confident I am. There's they have some terrible record against the Reds. Yeah. Six and thirteen, or something silly like that. And they're playing in Cincinnati. Uh, those are like the red six wins for the season. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. Yeah, it's bad news. I don't think they're going to make it. I don't think they'll they'll be able to get by Arizona. Actually, do the Phillies make the push and usurp the Atlanta Braves, or does the Braves' young I arms the, hold up? I think the young arms are going to hold up. The young arms hold yeah, up. Yeah, and the Braves have a valiant comeback the other night against the Diamondbacks. Right, and that those games hurt the Diamondbacks in their own quest. Yes. 
Yes, the Braves, you know, and what they've done is bring up all those kids from Gwinnett and, and slip them in the bullpen, which is a problem. You know, because now they can bring out these fresh arms, these young kids that people haven't seen. They don't have, really have a, a great scouting report on them and, and throw them out there, and it's a problem for these guys. It's a problem. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's a mouthful. This is the Ozone. I'm your host, Omar Miller, and uh, I really appreciate you guys rocking with us, listening to us, and participating. You can feel free to call into the Ozone anytime yourself. Leave a message. We'll play it on air at 424-254-ZONE-9663. I want to leave you with an African proverb, which is, he that beats the drum for the madman to dance is no better than the madman himself. Chew on that one. We're all in this thing together, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Ozone. Ozone. I'm just living the dream. I'm in love with the lights. This is not just a game. This here is my life. The camera's on me, yeah.